With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Baseball's great charm is that the action comes in spurts, which leaves plenty of time to spin yarns, look at the girls, and make wisecracks. Hey folks, thanks for tuning in. This is Full Count Chaos, the show where we talk all about the Ravens and the Baltimore Blast soccer team. Thanks for tuning in. No, I'm kidding. We still talk about baseball. Unfortunately, I have a lot to go over tonight. Going to mix some things in. Got more things that I want to discuss, things that I've wanted to add into the show. And not all of it is Orioles, but that's okay. Today on the show, I talk about Robinson Cano getting caught taking PEDs and his asinine excuse. I explain in more detail today why I do not want Buck Showalter managing this team next year. Also, now that gambling is going to be legal for sporting events, I give my thoughts on why this doesn't mean a freaking thing. Also discuss my most hated baseball player of all time, which I'm going to do every week. I'm sure you'll agree. Definitely want to hear about yours, too. And, of course, I talk about the O's and why we miss Nick Markakis so fucking much. Oh, the Baltimore Orioles. Right now, um, I'm actually watching Saving Private Ryan, one of the greatest movies I think I've ever seen. And every time I see it, it reminds me of what a great movie it is. And uh, by the way, before I get started, uh, the Washington Capitals, you know, I've been watching them lately because they've been helping me through all the pain and misery with the Orioles. And my God, it looks like they're going to shit the bed. They're down three games to two. Hopefully by the time you tune into this, they haven't blown it. Maybe they've tied it up. Maybe they've won it and they're going to the cup. I don't know. What do you say? Let's get going here. Robinson Cano. I'm going to start with that. This jackass gets busted for PEDs and is suspended for 80 games. I'm sure you've heard about this. Regardless what the drug is or what it's for, it was on the list of drugs you could not take. Period. Stupid. A person below normal intelligence. Trying to make a million excuses of why... He didn't realize he was going to get busted for taking this uh, drug, whatever. I'll get into that, what it's called. I can't even really pronounce it. Now he also broke his hand, but the fucked up thing about that is the time he spends on the DL, that will count towards the total 80 games that he's getting suspended. Bullshit-ass role, if you ask me. kind of crap is that? Here's what Cano said when he got busted. This is his explanation. And then he went on saying some shit about how uh, furosemide, furosemide is not a performance-enhancing substance. Then why would it be on the list of performance-enhancement drugs? You can't just break the rules, Cano, and then tell the league they're wrong for having it on the list, you asshat. Cano continues, he says, It's used to treat various medical conditions in the United States and the Dominican Republic. <laughs> okay. Congratulations for letting us all know what else it does. For those of you who haven't looked it up and you don't know exactly what furosemide is, it's a diuretic. I'm probably going to get a lot of tweets and emails that I've been mispronouncing that. So who cares? But it's a pill or whatever that causes its users to create more urine, 
which in turn helps get rid of the body's excess water and salt. Now, here's why it's banned. It can be used as a masking agent, helping the body rid itself of evidence of doping through urination before testing occurs. Hence why it, among other diuretics, is banned by the World Anti-Doping Agency. Every time baseball players get caught with this, they always act like they had no idea what they're taking. I don't know. I thought my doctor was injecting Tylenol in my ass cheeks this entire time. You idiot. You got caught. Take it like a man. Don't say anything. Just take it on the chin like a champ. Go home. Spend your 80 days just doing whatever you do when you're not playing baseball. Come back and play baseball. Everybody forgave Ryan Braun. Everybody gave, uh, a lot of people forgave Alex Rodriguez. The guy's on TV all the time now. People forgive. But when you act like a freaking moron, it doesn't exactly help. So Mark Teixeira, I am not a fan of his at all, but for a couple seconds I was when I read this article. Mark Teixeira, New York Yankee, one time was an Oriole. Uh, he gets involved. The Washington Post talked to him about it. This is what he said. He said, yeah, I'm not surprised. He says, though, I don't really want to go too much further. Oh, but he does. He continues. He says, let's just use this situation here. Robbie Cano's assistant was on the list for biogenesis. <laughs> Referring to the clinic at the center of the 2013 PED scandal. That whole shit show. He continues. Now, of course, he had an assistant buy stuff for him. A-Rod got popped by Biogenesis, and former Yankees outfielder Melky Cabrera got popped. This is what he's saying. He says, they were best friends. When someone gets lumped into that group, it's because there's evidence. There's a paper trail. There's a smoke trail. (laughs) So there you have it, man. Even Mark Teixeira is coming in. And then Verlander, which was very funny. When this happened, Verlander went out on Twitter and said, and excuse coming in three, two, one. (laughs) Verlander hates cheaters. He's expressed it many times, which would be, I I say it'd be hilarious if we find out he was cheating, but it wouldn't be a surprise, right? These days, you just never know. So, you know, players are coming out basically saying, yeah, uh, we know. Not a surprise. So then Cano gets a broken bone in his hand, gets suspended, and the 80 games are combined in with the days he's going to be on the DL. That's like suspending someone from school for three days starting Friday. All right, you're suspended, and your suspension starts Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You can come back to school Monday. You're like, huh? Uh, Okay. (laughs) Great. Cool. Whatever. So funny. Hearing ballplayers give their bullshit excuses after they get caught. It always reminds me, every time they get caught taking PDs, it sounds like the crackheads on the show Cops that I love watching. When they get caught with drugs, I, I, I didn't know that was crack. Actually, that ain't mine. I don't know whose it is. So if you needed another reason not to like Robinson Cano, there you go. One of the greatest moments of his career, in my eyes, that I loved watching. I remember when the All-Star game was at uh, in Kansas City. And Robinson Cano was the team captain of the Home Run Derby team for the American League. Now, Billy Butler at that time was playing on the Royals. He had a little pop in the bat. He put a little booty in the swing. Was hitting some 400, 440-foot home runs that year. I think I had him on my uh, baseball fantasy team that year, too. But anyway, so Kansas City fans, the night before, they go to Home Run Derby. All right, you got a stadium full of Kansas City fans. They want to see one of their own. All he had to do, all Robinson Cano had to do was pick Billy Butler to be on the Home Run Derby team that night. Make Kansas City fans happy. 
Kansas City fans would become a Cano fan. Everybody would be happy. No, he didn't pick Billy Butler. And what was fantastic about that night, he didn't hit one home run. And every time Cano didn't hit a home run, the crowd erupted like Kansas City just hit a home run in the bottom of the ninth Game 7 World Series. It was fantastic to watch. And Cano's dad was pitching to him. And everybody's like, before he came out, this is going to be a special moment. Not one single home run. And the crowd went crazy. So Cano, and a lot of people are going to say, well, is this going to affect him from uh, making the Hall of Fame? I, I don't know. I don't even know how to answer that anymore because now, you know, people are starting to come out saying Roger Clemens is probably going to be in the Hall of Fame. I'm starting to read articles on the Washington Post that I, I saw the other day as well when I was reading Mark Teixeira's uh, article about how Barry Bonds is going to be making the Hall of Fame and everyone's got to kind of turn their cheek to the steroids and just look at the numbers. I don't know. I mean, if you cheat... Should you get in the Hall of Fame, that's going to be a topic for many, many years. So is this going to affect him making the Hall of Fame if he was going to make the Hall of Fame, which I'm assuming he is. I mean, his numbers, you know, he's pretty damn good. One of the best second basemen I've ever seen play the game. <laughs> this ass hat. Oh, I didn't know what it was. Yeah, he's busted. So it'll be interesting. Again, uh, baseball is a very forgiving sport. Fans forget especially the fans of the team that you're playing on. If you're winning for them, they don't give a shit what you did. Uh, I think Cano, I think he only had like, uh, what's he hitting? Um, 287 right now, four home runs, 23 RBI. So he was definitely helping out the team. I always hate watching the Mariners because it always reminds me how much we the Orioles messed up by not signing Nelson Cruz on that fourth year because he's still beating the hell out of the ball. The guy is still a threat on the plate. So, Robinson Cano, there you go. Take it like a man. Suck it up and enjoy your time off. Moving right along because I have a lot I want to go over. Gambling, If you also new news or not so new news If whenever you're tuning into this podcast. Gambling is now legal uh, to gamble on sporting events. It's going to be legal everywhere. And a lot of people that I talk to about this and who have reached out to me, they're all freaking out. No, God, please, no, no. They're all saying, oh, my God, sports are going to be rigged. It's going to be a mess. Uh, people are just going to throw all their money away. Who knows what's going to happen in the next couple of years? It's gonna, it, it, sports is just going to be rigged. Everybody just cool out. Cool out. All right. Gambling has been going on. For a very, very long time. Shady shit in sports have been going on for a very, very long time. I don't think this is going to change anything. It's not like all of a sudden millions of people are going to come out of the woodworks and start becoming gambling addicts and doing shady shit to make sure their team wins. That was going on anyway, folks. I was reading three to five gamblers out of every hundred struggles with with a gambling problem. Here's some gambling stats. Yeah, it's called losing. (laughs) We all have that problem. And then it says as many as 750,000 young people ages 14 to 21 have a gambling addiction. 14 years old. What are they gambling on Call of Duty on video games? How do you get to that age? First off, where do you get the money to even have a gambling addiction? You know what? It's probably all those 14-year-old kids, 10-year-old kids who have YouTube channels who are making millions of dollars. That makes you sick. Holy hell. I can't remember her name. She's like nine years old and she's a rapper. And she <laughs> she has a YouTube channel. She's got like four billion subscribers. She's always sitting on top of her, uh, her, she says it's her Lamborghinis, holding, you know, piles of money, throwing it all over the place. Nine years old. 
It's because of YouTube. She's a millionaire. So I don't know. There you go. There's the argument. I just talked myself out of trying to figure out why 14-year-olds have all this money. 15% of Americans gamble at least once per week. Well, let's hope this doesn't screw up the experience of sports, which I don't think it will. It's like when they made weed marijuana legal. Guess who kept smoking weed? The same people who were smoking marijuana before it became legal. You got to remember, just because they make something legal doesn't mean a bunch of people are just going to suddenly start doing it. If they make cocaine legal, it doesn't mean I'm going to wake up and start doing it. If murder is legal, those are some <laughs> those are some aggressive examples. Sorry about that. But my point was, my point is that I don't think a bunch of people are just going to become gambling addicts and players are going to get involved and coaches of the team that they coach are going to get involved. It's not going to be like that. Again, this has been going on for a long time already. So I don't think it's going to be a problem. I don't think, uh, and everybody says, well, what about the bookies? The bookies are probably pissed. The thing about bookies is you don't have to put money down. All right? But, you know, you put down $1,000 on a team you think you're going to win, and you lose, and then that's when you get your knees bashed in and your house burnt down. But bookies are still going to be in business, man. People love being able just to start a tab with them. This situation, you got to put your money down like the tracks. So let's get on to the O's. What, what am I, almost 15 minutes into the podcast? It shows you how bad things are. I don't even want to talk about the Orioles. I'm so mad. I love the Orioles, right? I mean, they're like my kid. I'll always have their back. I'll always watch them. I watched them tonight, lose to the Red Sox. Bundy, I don't know what's happening to him. It's pretty depressing. We'll get into that in just a, in a minute here. I'm also going to elaborate a little bit on why I am not a fan of Buck coming back. But Nick Markakis, by the way, wanted to bring him up because... Someone posted on Twitter this week saying only one player in the major leagues has more hits than Manny Machado. Yes, of course, Nick Markakis. Batting average, 337 with seven home runs right now. Like I said a few weeks ago, the first time in his career he hit a walk-off home run, which I thought was odd all the years he spent with the Orioles, being our power hitter for a couple years. I thought for sure he would have had a walk-off, but obviously not. Now all the angry fans come out screaming about what a mistake that was to get rid of Marcakis, and I know we did offer him some money, obviously Atlanta offering him more, and off Nick went. Now, <laughs> now a lot of uh, people I know, I knew he'd still be good in 2018. Shut up. No, you didn't. I didn't even know. Nick didn't even know he was going to be good in 2018. So many fans I know who are yelling for Nick to get off this team because and this was uh, back in 2014 because they thought he was slow and his bat started to fade away. He lost power. His arm wasn't strong anymore. He has a neck injury, which that next year he played 160 games. And then all the same fans who I remember saying that is texting me being like, can you believe this? I knew it. No, you didn't. No. <laughs> Again, I don't even think Marcakis knew this. I mean, Marcakis rarely struck out, and that is what I miss. That's what we all miss the Orioles and strikeouts now they're moving up actually if you want to talk about the glass half full the Orioles are 19th in strikeouts in the league no longer worse than the league they were worse than the league first few weeks I think the first month of baseball actually I looked it up teams in the top 10 strikeouts let me see who's on that list right now because I just had it up I was actually surprised I think I think you've got New York Uh, I think you've also got Oakland who else do we have here? Let me see. All right, here's a list. Uh, who do we got? Texas, worst in the league, 9.96 strikeouts per game. Then San Diego, Arizona, which they're doing really well. They got the Phillies, who they're doing really well. 
They've got San Francisco, Toronto, New York, Oakland, the White Sox, who are just a complete mess, and we play them this week. <laughs> Two worst teams in baseball. Man, are they going to break some ratings on television and radio. <whistles> Ooh. Both teams are like, we're going to be able to make some ground. <laughs> Watching Trumbo run around out there in right field, it's not fun. Holy shit, what is he doing playing right field? Shit show 2.0. He's batting 281 right now, so his bat's starting to heat up. I understand why he's in the lineup. Even Mancini, he's, I don't know, man. He <laughs> He's making me nervous. Keep him at first base, but guess what teams have? Guess what good teams have? A good right fielder, right? That's that's all. They just have some people in the outfield who know how to run balls down and don't look like they're running on rollerblades. Everyone's wondering why teams have... Like 15 opposite field hits against the Orioles every game. That's because old Trumbo boy is out there. They're professional hitters. They know where to hit. I was talking about Marquecas the other night. I forgot how much my wife still loves that man. Holy hell. She still loves me, but she loves herself some Nick. We will go to the games, and I've mentioned before the tickets in my family. We've got front row right there next to the dugout, the players. And Nick would walk in. He'd make eye contact with my wife. I'll admit, my wife is extremely beautiful. I say I'll admit it. Like, <laughs> it's a bad thing. My wife is a 11 out of 10. She is gorgeous. And every time Nick would make eye contact with her, she'd start blushing. I'd be like, what the hell? But then when Nick looked at me, I'd start blushing. So I don't know. Something about Marcakis. <laughs> One memory I'll always remember, speaking of Nick Marcakis, is the year that we that the Orioles went to the playoffs in 2012. First time in 14 years. Super excited. Everybody was saying, oh, my gosh, I hope Nick Markakis gets to play in the playoffs one year. And finally, when we're going to make it, remember uh, C.C. Sabathia hit Nick Markakis on the wrist? Was it a finger or a wrist or his hand or something broke? And Nick Markakis' season was done. And all the fans knew that he wasn't going to be able to play. Well, Buck Showalter, the game was in Camden Yards, walks over to Nick. Nick's sitting down or standing in the dugout, and Buck walks up to him and gives him a little hug, puts his arm around him tells Nick something, and went on. And I remember seeing that and just, it was pretty sad. Because all these fucking years, Marquecas was hoping for a playoff run, finally gets to one, and it's ruined with a broken bone. Now, speaking of Buck Showalter, definitely want to talk about him right now. Buck was so frustrated, Bogarts hit a home run off of Galsman. Bogarts didn't even finish rounding the bases. He's coming around third, and Buck's like, fuck you. Walked right in front of him. <laughs> he is losing it. Everyone's like, I wonder if he's going to be back. I don't know if he's going to want to be back, but I don't want him back. I think it is extremely underrated about hearing a new voice, seeing a new face. I mean, look at the players who leave the Orioles. They have a great career. Look at look at Arietta. Look at Till. Uh, not Tillman. <laughs> Tillman. Uh, Flaherty. Marcakis, I mean, you know, sometimes you just need a new face and a new voice, and I think that is underrated. I've played sports my whole life. It's true. You get a new manager, new new coach, new assistant coach, new players. Sometimes things change. But he's doing things like, you know, no one's holding the gun to his head tell him, telling him to pitch Tillman when he knows damn well Tillman's broke. I just feel he's too loyal to the wrong guys. Tonight I'm watching the Orioles. They lose to the Red Sox 6-3. to There's Chris Davis batting in the five spot. He continues to do shit like that. Who did I see post this on Twitter? Damn it, because I always want to give credit where credit's due. I, I don't want to sit here and sometimes spit out stats that I, you know, I, I didn't take the time to look up. 
Who tweeted this out? It said, Chris Davis is now tied with Jeff Bagwell for 50th place on the career strikeout list. Oh, God. And then the next day, that's right, <laughs> at the update, Chris Davis is now tied with B.J. Upton for 49th place on the career strikeout list. You know, when the Orioles won last week 17-1, to guess who wasn't in the lineup? You are correct. Christopher Davis was not in the lineup. 17-1. to You put two and two together. He is a fucking mess. I just feel he's too loyal to the wrong guys. It's like when we had Kim on the team. The guy was a base-hitting machine. He would bench him for like three weeks. Flaherty would get hot. We wouldn't see Flaherty for two weeks. Steve Pierce, when he played, he would get hot. He did like four home runs in three games, and then we wouldn't see him for two weeks. And again, I hate mentioning it. 2016, Zach Britton. Uh, instead, in Toronto, we see Ubaldo come out. Boom, 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 game over. See you later. Then uh, this week, Caleb gets sent down. It's kind of interesting. Uh, Jim Palmer, who I like to follow every now and then to see what he's saying, he didn't appreciate that. He did not like that. He, he This is what he posted on Twitter. He said, so trying to grasp sending out Caleb Joseph. He says five for the last... He says, five for last 16, threw out four base stealers in last 10 days. And he says, no socks hitters and the big Y. Sorry, that may sound like broken English. I'm just reading his tweet. And he sent that to Masson Orioles. And Jason Lockenfora uh, chimed in. He said, if you had Andrew Susak getting recalled and starting a game before Austin Hayes, Cedric Mullins, DJ Stewart, Hunter Harvey, Stevie Workerson, or Ramirez, take a bow. Obviously, he wasn't responding to Palmer's tweet. Jason Lockenford put his own tweet out there. You pick up a picture like Cobb, and some people who I listen to on sports radio, some people I listen to on local sports radio, some blogs I read of people who write about the Orioles, they all thought they would be in the wild card. Most people that I talked to and read about and heard on the radio and watched on TV, when they picked up Cobb, they thought that was enough to make the playoffs. The only explanation I can think of is why they're doing so bad, maybe historically bad, is the players just aren't, they're not playing for Buck anymore. And it's really sad when when I've been hearing a lot lately too, that nobody knows who's steering this ship. Who is it? Is it not Duquette? Is it Brady? Is it Buck? No, Nobody knows. It is an absolute shit show out there. But of course, I know and you know it. Everybody knows it. When you saw that 17-1 game, I, I know after the game ended, after you, you know all smiles, you're happy, you know you said to yourself, this just means that they're not going to do well for the next couple games. That's exactly what I said. I said they're going to shit the bed now. And that's exactly what they did. Two games, scored one goddamn run. You guys suck. So here's a segment I want to get to. It, it Something that I, I want you to get involved to as well. The most hated player, and I'm going to do this every week. I mean, my, my list goes on and on and on. I, I don't know if it's something that you read in the news or you had a personal experience. I don't think I've had a personal experience with any uh, baseball player where I said, now I'm not a fan. The only guy that I've had a personal experience with where I'm like, I am not a fan of, a fan of his anymore is Joe Flacco. I met him a few years ago. Uh, my wife and I and our family went to some auction thing where a lot of the Raven players were there. We like sat next to uh, Suggs and Haloti Nada. Haloti Nada was one of the coolest guys I've ever met who plays sports. Terrell Suggs was a dick. Uh, But Joe Flacco, he was was very rude to me, my wife, 
her mom, if you wanted to take a photo of him, he'd hold up a paper plate and wouldn't even let you like look at it. Like he was a real asshole. I didn't like him and I don't like him and I'm glad we're never going to have to see him again after this year. But anyway, sorry, kind of went on a rant there. Um, I'm going to start with this. This guy is one of my most hated baseball players. It could be from 30 years ago. It could be playing now, but mine's John Lackey. This mouth-breathing moron, I can't stand him, and there is a big, solid reason of why he completely helped me understand why I don't like this guy. And this was a few years ago, but I'm just bringing this up now. Uh, You know, he's pitched for teams, what, Cubs, Sox, Cardinals, Angels. He's been around. Here's why he's on my list. I'm sure you remember this. This asshole cheated on his wife while she had cancer. He then left her and married once more, all when she had cancer. And what boggles my mind? What about that woman that he met and then remarried? And in 2015, they had a kid together. I mean, what woman met him and thought she finally met the love of her life? I get she probably knew who he was and he has money. I mean, what does she say to her friends? Hey, guys, look, you know, he did leave his ex-wife when she had cancer. But if you look past that, he's a pretty good guy. And I think you all really like him. No, fuck that. He is a piece of shit. If there's hell, he's going to be hanging out with them. Umpires hated him, too. He was always giving umpires shit. (laughs) You want to talk about a guy who would not get close calls. He hasn't gotten any close calls in the past few years. Umpires do not like him. But again, I want you guys to get involved with this. I want you guys to send in stories, situations that you've had, players that you don't like. And again, it doesn't have to be in a, your own experience. Just straight up don't like him like this one. I didn't, I, I've never met the guy. I just know he's an asshole. I don't like him. I don't like him when he was on the Red Sox. I, I don't like him now that I find out, I mean, this was years ago, that he cheated on his wife when she had cancer. Holy hell. Or left his wife, whatever. Same thing. I did have a friend of mine talking about a good experience. Meet Greg Maddox. He said he was one of the coolest guys he's ever met. Laid back, chill. Just chatting with him for a long time. I think he actually saw him out on the golf course. And he said he was really, really cool. But again, I don't know. I I, I like hearing experiences about meeting players. And if you met one and he had a bad one, I, I don't need to keep hearing good ones. Oh, he was a great guy. He signed my son's baseball. Okay, a lot of them do it. I want to hear about the guy who's a straight-up dick. (laughs) And again, it doesn't have to be a personal experience. I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of A-Rod and uh, David Ortiz. Oh, my God. I I was celebrating when that guy retired. When he smashed the phone, I always thought it was bizarre that Adam Jones, his response was, I thought it was pretty cool. You know, I I love Adam Jones. He's he's been in Baltimore forever, but sometimes the things that Adam says are just straight-up out of the douchebag catalog. (laughs) <laughs> By the way, Adam Jones buying Cal Ripken's house. That was interesting. Didn't go over that. Maybe I'll go over that next next week, but I, I don't know. There's not really much to go over. The guy has a shit ton of money, wanted to buy a beautiful home in Baltimore. There you have it. Hey, before we, you know, I, I wrap anything up today, there was one other thing I wanted to get to that I noticed that was kind of trending the past couple weeks on social media, and a lot of people are talking about it. A lot of people have been talking about this for years, and it's bothering the hell out of me. Speaking of, you know, rules and complaining and players bitching and whining, can everyone just knock it off with bitching about players getting fined for breaking the rules with their uniform? If you haven't heard, if you didn't hear, Mike Clevenger, right-hander for the Indians, received a letter from the league. Uh, They were warning him that the spikes he wore a couple weeks ago against the Yankees were in violation of the dress code. 
which I completely understand. So far, makes sense to me. They have rules. You follow them. It said he could be fined at a future date if he continued to violate the rules. The shoes were like pink, yellow, red, orange. They were fluorescent, and they had the names of his wife and daughter on the shoe. And I think this is why everybody's in an uproar. Oh, he was trying to do a very nice thing. Your average person would read that and say, oh, why wouldn't the league let him do that? I understand why players want to do those kind of things, knowing millions of people are watching them. Most players like to be flashy. Hey, look at me, not him, not her. Look at me. They all have ginormous egos. And here's the thing. The players know the rules, and if they don't, you need to ask. But most of them do, and they do it anyway. Here's the official rule. It states all players on a team must wear identical uniforms during a single game. Numbers, all players must wear their uniform numbers on the back. And then it starts talking about undershirts need to match, sleeve length need to match, no attachments, no images of baseballs, no patterns, uh, nothing fluorescent that isn't part of the jersey, no glass buttons or polished metal, no commercial advertisements. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. But if somebody wants to wear their mom's name and their daughter's names, they're going to pout about it and cry and go, oh, come on. It's the same role for everybody. It's called being fair. Follow the guidelines. And players do it over and over every year in football, baseball, basketball, soccer. You can't do it. And I don't know why fans aren't tweeting out when they see this and say, dude, follow the rules. It's very simple. Instead, they go, it's not fair. The league, they're being mean. No, they're not. Here, you want to make millions of dollars and play sports? We're just asking you one favor. Follow these guidelines. Thank you. Here's a million dollars every week. Enjoy your game. They got to, well, I know about the rules. I read it. I know. Everyone told me about the rules. Even says it right there. You know, you can't add extra things to your uniform. But I'm going to do it anyway. And then when the league finds me, I'm going to bitch and complain and tweet about it like Mike Clevenger did. And act like, you know, he, he was completely blindsided. Give me a fucking break. Follow the rules. Play the game. Be rich. Easy as that. That's it. End of that. <laughs> I just It just shocked me. So many people were on his side. It, it, it's a rule. <laughs> it's a rule. Anyway, guys, I uh, always want to get you guys involved. Always want to hear from you. I appreciate all the tweets I got over the week about the Orioles. Basically, just people being frustrated, which I will start going over those tweets as well. But again, it's just fans. We're all just frustrated. We're all venting to each other. It's a mess. Who knows what's going to happen in the next couple years? I mean, are we looking at another 14-year drought? I sure as hell hope not. It's a tough time to be a fan in Maryland to root for a sports team right now. We got to see Joe Flacco one more year with the Baltimore Ravens. I'd like to see Lamar Jackson, but again, you got to be careful when you draft a quarterback and then throw him out there. Enjoy. Although that's what they did with Joe Flacco, and then the guy won the Super Bowl. But anyway, that's a whole different podcast, whole different discussion. Again, love getting you guys involved. You can reach out to me, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Hit me up on Twitter, at fullcountchaos, Facebook, Instagram, all that good shit, fullcountchaos.com. Till next time, see ya!